Hey y'all, Henny here with the Hooked on Crime podcast. Okay, so yesterday when I released my first episode on John Edward Robinson, I thought it would be real cute and try and help with my nerves if I wrote a script and uh, read from the script. Well, <laughs> I went back and re-listened to it and if y'all can make it through that first episode, good on ya because I full body cringed. Apparently, I need to not write a script and I need to just tell y'all what's going on, how I feel about it without having to read something off because then I won't sound like a monotoned, bumbling, jumbling fool. All right. So noise disclaimer, I have a daughter that likes to run around here, have fun, play with her toys. That's cool. I also have three puppies that are adorable but loud and always want attention y'all may hear a kid in the background y'all may hear some huffing and gruffing from the puppies y'all may even hear barking um also it's springtime here in the south and i am allergic to everything um i've tried a bunch of different allergy medications and I still, so, I still have to deal with coughing and snuffing and sneezing and runny eyes and itchy ears. And it doesn't help that today is actually a really beautiful day outside and everybody and their brother is mowing. So, I'm going to sound like a frog. But, anyway. I know I said that this was going to be a weekly podcast, but the one fun thing about running your own podcast is if you feel like uploading more than once a week, you can. And if you enjoy extra episodes, you're welcome. Hopefully you'll enjoy this episode and hopefully it comes out better than the first one. Worst case is, is I delete it. And today we're actually not hooking. Um, I crocheted a tic-tac-toe board to go with the last episode and today, honestly, I'm just tired. I don't feel like crocheting. Um, but I do feel like sharing a true crime story with you guys. This is actually the case that got me where I was really interested in true crime. Um, it also presents a moral dilemma. Because at what point is it murder? And at what point is it something else? Today we're going to talk about Armin Maivas, born December 1st, 1961 in Essen, Germany. Now, when Armin was three, his family bought a manor house with like 36 rooms. This place is huge. And you can look up pictures of it online, actually, um, outside of Rotenburg in Germany. Armin was the youngest of three boys. Now, his older brothers left as soon as they were of age to leave. Um, and when Armin was eight, his dad left. So he was left with his mother who had an extreme bitterness towards men. Um, she treated him like crap. She essentially made him her slave. He had to do all of the housework, the cooking, the errands, and she called him Minchin, which is a German girl's name. She really, truly treated him awfully. Um, you know, it was just him and her in this gigantic house. 
Armin's mom essentially monopolized his life. He wasn't able to have friends. And at the age of 10, he really started to become fascinated with cannibalism. While reading the book Robinson Crusoe, there is a crucial scene where Robinson is saving Man Friday from a group of cannibals that want to eat him. Now, this scene stuck with Armin because it he saw it as a value set on a life through consumption. The cannibals saw the value in Man Friday's body as a means to sustain themselves. And Armin started to believe that could he consume someone, they would stay with him forever and he would not have to feel lonely. He wouldn't have to feel abandoned. And at the age of 19, he kind of put his fantasies to the back burner. He had decided that he was going to join the armed armed forces and it gave him a sense of stability, of normality. He actually had um, people that were under him that he could control instead of his mother controlling him. Um, Armin was in the armed forces for 12 years and being around other men, it kind of gave him a sense of friendship, um, camaraderie, and it made him feel less alone. Toward the end of his military career, Armin began to question his sexuality. This, with a sour turn in his military career, caused Armin to turn to alcohol. Armin was in trouble for drunk driving twice, so he left the military. And after leaving the military, he moved back home to take care of his aging mother, which I'm sure she absolutely loved because she got to have her baby home again. And could control him. While Armin, he turned around his career. He became a computer engineer. And he worked on that during the day. And at night, he would come home and take care of his mother until she fell asleep. Now, after Armin's mom fell asleep in the evening, Armin had free time. And now that he didn't have the structure of the military to keep him busy and keep his fantasies at bay, well, things became a bit different. In the evening, he's perusing websites that are devoted to pornography and cannibalism. He would also make human shapes out of marzipan and slash them and cut them until they actually looked like he was dissecting a human body. Now, he would post these images online. He would also do the same thing by cutting hunks of meat. So his fantasies were really... Coming out in the evenings. Well, one evening, Armin went to check on his mother and had found that she had passed away from a heart attack. And at this point, the fantasies overcame him. After his mother was buried, Armin could really live life on his own. He had his own sense of freedom that he'd never really had before. Before, he had lived with his mom and then he had lived with the military and then he lived with his mom again. Armin had never had a sense of actually being on his own. Being in a world where you make your own rules, it's going to be completely different for him. And y'all, he gets on these websites and starts advertising that he wants to butcher someone. And he's looking for someone, a quote, long pig. He's looking <laughs> that is between 18 and 30. And he wants to find, ideally, a healthy, fit male to 
butcher that is willing to be butchered. He doesn't want someone that he has to snatch up out of the street. He wants someone that actually wants this. And after some hits and misses, Armin finds that in Bernd Brandis. Brandis was an engineer from Berlin who answered Armin's ad in one of the cannibal websites. Bernd and Armin, they discuss ways of disposing of Bernd's body after he is eaten. Bernd wants to be eaten. He even discusses with Armin using his skull as an ashtray. It's almost as if he suffers from a progressive form of masochism where nothing is enough. He wants to be completely obliterated. He doesn't want to be just, you know, spanked and hair pulled. He wants to be completely wiped off the face of the earth because nothing else holds a joy for him. Ideally, Bernd wants to have his penis cut off. That is going to give him the most ultimate sexual thrill in his idea. And it's almost as if he suffers from a mental illness or a depression because not much is known about Bound. This is just something that I have an opinion on. Because um, like I said, not in all of the research I've done, all of the books I've read, documentaries I've watched, I can't find much information about Bound. I can't find what his mental state was like leading up to this, but just under the assumption of wanting a person to mutilate your sexual organ, also to obliterate you from the earth, I feel like there's probably a mental illness. And I ain't Dr. Phil, y'all. I ain't sitting here trying to armchair diagnose anyone, but that's my opinion. So on March 9th of 2001, Bound has wiped his computer clean of any talking with any correspondence with Midas and neglects to tell his boyfriend at the time where he's going, what he's doing, and has already purchased a one-way ticket to Castle. So Armin picks him up. They go back to Armin's house and Armin goes into the kitchen to make tea and it comes back out and Bound is sitting there buck naked, y'all, and says, admire, I want you to admire your dinner. Like, what in the Sam Hill? Okay. So he, Bound proceeds to take a half a bottle of cold medicine and tells Armin that he wants to be unconscious when he's slaughtered. But then he gets scared. And he changes his mind. And Armin, only wanting a willing accomplice, says, Okay, well, I'm a little disappointed, but I'll take you back. And on the way back, Bound, he doesn't really want to have to explain where he's been, what he's doing. So he says, forget it. Let's do this. Take me back. Let's, let's get her done. So they go back to Armin's house. And Armin starts filming. At this point... Bernd is feeling pretty good from the other half of the bottle of cold medicine he's taken and the alcohol he's consumed. And they get to business. Um, the men enjoy each other's company sexually. And then Bernd says to Armin, I want you to bite it off, referring to his penis. So <laughs> Armin tries to, but his jaw is not strong enough to actually 
bite through a um, penis. And uh, so Bound concedes and lets Armin remove it with a knife. After Bound has been castrated, he looks at Armin and he says, I want to try and eat my penis with you. Well, it doesn't go well when they try to consume it raw, so they try and fry it. Now, y'all, this ain't some chicken and this ain't some pork tenderloin. They're trying to fry a penis. Well, they end up burning it um, because I doubt you're going to find in a cookbook how to fry penis. Um, it's too charred for them to eat, apparently, so they feed it to poor Armin's dog. That poor dog. He didn't ask for that. He just wanted some Alpo or something. Now, Bound has reached his pinnacle. He has reached his peak. He has had his castration. He's euphoric, but he's also real weak from blood loss. So, ideally, he would bleed out. And when he became unconscious, Armin would then butcher him. Well, they take him upstairs and they put him in the bathtub and Baron is cold. So Armin draws him a warm bath in the hopes of relaxing him and helping him ease into death. Armin then goes into his bedroom and starts reading a Star Trek novel while Baron is bleeding to death very slowly in the bathtub. Now, Armin would go in and check on Baron at different points and he noticed that his breathing was getting really shallow and really slow um and his skin was really cold because he had bled a lot now at one point bound cries out for armin and armin takes him into a bedroom lays him on the bed wraps him up in blankets and bound says if i'm still here in the morning we will try to feast on my flesh again and Within 17 hours of going back to Armin's home, Bound has bled to death. Um, so, with the body, Armin drags it into a room that he made in the home, which is a slaughter room. There's no other way to say it. it there's meat hooks, there's knives, there's cleavers. It's all ready to go. He takes Bound's body and puts it on a meat hook upside down and kisses bound thanks him for essentially sacrificing himself so that Armin can live out his fantasy and slits his throat and lets him bleed now at this point after the body has bled he begins to butcher bound as he had seen butchers do when he was a child when he stood outside the meat shops to watch so, Bound has, at this point, now been wrapped and stored in the freezer. Um, there's a false bottom put over the remains of Bound in the freezer, so that that way it would help conceal what Armin had done. Well, Bound's boyfriend was looking for him, and the sad thing is, is... He wasn't found, Bound wasn't found because his boyfriend searched for him and his boyfriend wondered what happened to him. What happened to Bound was found because Armin wasn't satisfied with just one. Armin wanted more. So 
after he had consumed between 20 and 30 kilos of Bound's flesh, he starts posting online. He posted pictures of Bound's body on the cannibal websites. He talked about in depth what he had done because to him, he viewed himself as a hero among these cannibals because everybody else just talked about it, but he actually did it. He went through and he killed a human and consumed the flesh. He lived everybody's fantasy on these sites. So he starts putting out ads looking for more victims. And of course, he's not going to just snatch someone up off the street. He wants someone willing to do it. And after some hits and misses, a student stumbles across one of the ads on the internet and kind of looks into Armin a bit more and finds these pictures and quickly realizes they ain't fake. So this is the beginning of the end for Mivas. Um, the student that he met online and looked into it and realized, hey, this guy might have actually murdered someone. So he goes to the authorities and the authorities go to Armin's home with a search warrant. During this initial search, they take samples of meat from the freezer and they search through his entire house and they don't really find anything. They take him in and they question him because the samples from the meat have not returned yet. They let him go. At this point, they don't really have anything. So they let him go until they get the results back. So Armin is at home and he had met a girl. Well, he, uh, he must've decided that he wanted to confess and get this off his chest before he could try and take it to the next level with this woman. So he goes to his lawyer and he says to his lawyer, Hey, guess what? Uh, I, I, I killed someone and I ate them, but they were willing. What do we do? So the lawyer says, well, let's, let's go to the judge and we'll, present it to the judge and see what he says and the judge says okay dude go home (laughs) sit there and wait for the cops and see what happens next it just blows my mind that he was actually in front of a judge told him hey look i did this and the judge told him go home like what in the heck i just y'all it would not be like that here y'all know it so at this point, after he goes home and everything, Mivas has never denied that what happened, but he was very insistent that it is what Bound wanted. Bound wanted his penis amputated. Bound wanted to be murdered. Bound wanted to be destroyed, which all of those things are true. But Mivas says that the castration was for bound it wasn't for him it wasn't part of his fantasy his fantasy was to butcher someone and consume them which bound gave that to him armin also admits that what he did was not right what he did was abnormal what he did is not something what a normal person would do but he's also super insistent that he did it on bound's behalf so now at this point Armin has confessed to everything. Um, 
He is taken in for a five-hour interrogation in December of 02. And he tells them, he's like, look, I did this. And then he basically tells them where to find every bit of evidence in his house. And a forensic pathologist does the testing on the meat taken from Armin's freezer. And of course, as we all know, big spoiler alert, it turns out to be beyond Brandis. So can you just imagine being the pathologist that is seen in there and is like, oh, okay, well, let's, uh, let's look at this. And then being like, oh, holy crap, that really is human. I don't think that that's something that happens every day in their job. And I feel like that'd probably freak you out a little bit because I know it would freak me out. So at this point, they find all of Bound's skeletal pieces, um, somewhere in the garden, some were in the freezer. And they could tell that Armin had only consumed soft tissue and that they definitely only had one person that had been killed at this point. Now, in 2003, December 2003, Armin goes on trial. Um, he pleads guilty to assisted suicide. But... Uh, see, this is, this is the gray area that I talked about. I can see where he would plead guilty to assisted suicide because Bound wanted, he did want to be obliterated, but also (laughs) Armin did kill someone. To me, my thought of assisted suicide would be something along the lines of a doctor or a nurse or a medical practitioner giving you drugs to end your life, not cutting your penis off and bleeding, bleeding you out and hanging you from a meat hook and dissecting you while having it on video. See that to me, y'all, that just doesn't make sense. Anyway, at this point, Armin is found guilty and sentenced to eight and a half years. Well, in 2006, he was retried and resentenced. The prosecutors in the original case feel that the sentence should have been harsher after sending a psychiatrist in to speak with Armin, who said that, yes, he still had fantasies about this, but he felt that he could be released into you know society and not do it again but honestly in my opinion I don't think that that would be a hundred percent right if you're still having these fantasies and you're still having these thoughts what what are you gonna do if you slip up and do it again I mean it's not it's not as if he had eradicated everything and become this upstanding model person but I mean it ain't my it ain't my dog in this fight y'all that's just my two cents but anyway so he's resentenced to a minimum of 15 years to life in prison for murder and has since become a vegetarian or vegan accounts differ but he is still housed in Germany in prison in the penitentiary and that's all I got on it, y'all. See, 
the this case is a twisty turning one for me just because is it assisted suicide is it murder people have different things to say about it and I just I think it's interesting to look at how your morality sits on it but anyway hopefully this one is better than the first one I hope y'all enjoyed learning about the case you can find pictures of the house um that Armin lived in online and I will post pictures of Armin and Bound on my Instagram. Please follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Hooked on Crime Pod. Have a good one, y'all.